0: and fantasy football season. This is Luke Grilly here for the NeverEnding Glory podcast. I am joined, as always, by Sean Z, who is uh, t- pulling triple duty tonight for podcasting. So, Sean, first off, I appreciate the sacrifice that you're making right now for the Never NeverEnding Glory podcast. Uh, no, I know.
1: At some point, like i got to get paid in some alcohol or something like this. This is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: I mean, we're working on that. Uh, again, if you want to sponsor us, you're more than welcome to. We lost our uh, Buckeye Vodka sponsor, but we are partner with Thrive Fantasy, which we'll talk about a little bit later on tonight. But, um, Sean, we are literally um, about 22 hours away from kickoff. We are recording on Wednesday night, and tomorrow night the Falcons and the Eagles open up the 2018 season. It'll be Nick Foles versus Matt Ryan. you know, we will be releasing our picks over at negpodcast.com. But, uh, I mean, tell me tell me how you're feeling right now about the uh, 2018 football season. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm excited. I already dumped some money last week into college to gambling. I feel like I'm more piped in. And last year I made more money with NFL gambling. I actually ended up better than I even did in college and did fairly well, uh, at least via the pod uh, out of my own pocket. Not as well. But uh, I, I like where things are going. Six different fantasy leagues this year, and uh, some of the same guys consistently across the board, which I'm happy about. Um, So, you know, Carlos Hyde ended up on a lot of my teams. Um, So pleased with that, optimistic where where he shakes out this year. And just, you know, excited to get back into it, the fall, changing of the seasons. And, uh, yeah, ready for football. Let's go. For sure. So, uh, yeah, real quick, I want to touch upon some of the trends I saw as
0: well uh, before we get into some of the news and some of the injuries to look to uh, in week one. But I was also high on, I got Christian McCaffrey late. I also got um, Cream Hunt at the end of the first round. So I, was, I did a lot of uh, picking at the end of the first round and going Cream Hunt in the first and then Carlos Hyde, I'm sorry, uh, Christian McCaffrey in the second, which ended up working out really, hopefully will work out really well for me. And then coming back in the third, I was able to get guys like Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks in the fourth um, so I was really happy with how that kind of felt to me and I, I'm very thrilled that I did the uh, no quarterbacks in the first five rounds no matter what I, I held that to that day.
1: discipline as well you look at it you love your your first four five six guys your depth's there and then you're looking at a quarterback yeah it's not the Rodgers of the world and it you know I ended up getting Cam in a 14 in a team league which I was absolutely tickled to death with in the seventh round. So. Yeah. Um, and that's one where I feel like I'm in range to, to maybe hoist a title. So we'll see. It's always a crapshoot. It's about matchups. Um, I love the McCaffrey. I ended up with him tonight. I actually drafted during the college pod tonight. Ended up with McCaffrey wow. at the back end of a 12-teamer. Uh, it had a keeper, and D- it was Devontae Adams in the third round. So I got 12 and 13 at McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, then Landry at 37, and then Hyde, Kerion Johnson, Reed, and then Rivers at 85. So, uh, you know, again, held off on the quarterback, as you said, and you still get a premier quarterback and a guy like Rivers. Might not throw as many touchdowns, maybe a little bump in interceptions, but you're going to make up for it with all these other skill position guys that will get you those extra three, four points by comparison to their counterpart. Sure, thanks. So hopefully you were listening to us on Twitter at Glory Podcast.
0: I've been preaching all summer. Take a quarterback late like you, Sean. I took uh, Cam Newton in the in the sixth round in our draft, and uh, so you'll be going against him in Week One because uh, I'm playing old fake Sean
1: Z this weekend. looking forward to beating that ass. We'll see. Um, you got some. You got some <laughs> injury guys that came back. I was I was very very like cautiously Jay optimistic Ajayi. with Jay Ajayi and Delaney Walker, but it looks like they're both mm-hmm. going to play.
0: Yes, and you lost your kicker. So, yeah, <laughs> Dan Bailey. Being well, cut. this is my <laughs>
1: whole point kickers sh- should not be on fantasy rosters. It's the dumbest thing in the world. I
0: agree. I was actually just shocked they cut him. The guy's the most uh, one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history in the Cowboys. Well, history,
1: so. I think they cut him cuz they think they thought they had Earl Thomas to be honest with you. All oh, right. And then yeah. the Earl Thomas thing now basically today fell through and right. I wonder if you know they're not going to give the you know make a call again, particularly if he loses a game early this young kid Jerry's going to have be hard-pressed to have to explain that to, to those you know Hillbilly Cowboy fans.
0: <laughs> sure. And, and that, them and uh, Martin Cardinal. Also, That's right. Uh, hillbilly, H- H- hillbilly
1: and Toothless.
0: <laughs> All right, so we are getting into week one, and as I teased on the pod a few weeks ago, we have a ton of content coming out. Um, I today just released Fade and Play, which is a good start and sit. Um, article over at negpodcast.com. Tomorrow we have our Thrive Fantasy article coming out where some of the best plays that I felt um, over at Thrive Fantasy. There will also be a link for you to sign up, and if you sign up you get $5 into your account just for signing up. Uh, at the beginning of the week you'll see waiver wire and trade targets. I, there will also be fantasy football recaps, so trying to uh, publish those late Sunday night after the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games are completed. And then, of course, we'll have our NFL pick picks as well as The NCAA NCAA Pick'em Picks as well And of course NEG Pod CFB on Twitter You can follow the College Football Podcast Which Sean does a great job with, with Nick and Akron with Farky, Memphis Matt, um, it's always a, it's a good listen. So that'll be published to the website as well. And then, of course, uh, we even throw in some baseball every now and again. Follow them on Twitter, at NEGPodMLB. So we're going to continue to churn out the content. There'll be weekly fantasy football podcasts as well, so be sure to give us a listen every week, follow up on the blog, and uh, be sure to win that fantasy football season. So... Anyways, let's get into the big news. Uh, the first major wave that really doesn't have a huge impact on fantasy teams, but I think it has a huge impact on um, looking at this team when you have your studs going uh, each week. Mack traded to the Chicago Bears for two first-round picks, essentially. You know, I I don't know what John Gruden's doing for the longest time, Sean. We made fun of Jeff Fisher for how he just absolutely ruined the Rams. Are we now this year going to be making fun of John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders all season long because they're just making moves that, you know, cut Martavis Bryant, uh, traded for Ryan Switzer, then traded Ryan Switzer. What is this team doing?
1: Um, I can't explain the last two. What I will say with Khalil Mack is I actually think they're going to walk into some level of success over a long haul. McKenzie's going to get fired after this year. Keys are handed to John Gruden, and then he's going to be probably at least on the Raider side with a top-five pick because that team's not going to be good this year. And they're going to end up with maybe Nick Bosa, maybe a Rashawn Gary, a Dexter Lawrence. They're going to end up with somebody, potentially a, a pass rusher, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, you know, kind of the the Aaron Donald-type mold. They're actually going to make out on this somehow some way because when you're going to look back they're going to if they get Nick Bosa and you say well you traded that for a Nick Bosa and it, it, it it's just a sequencing thing. I don't think Mac was going to help them this year. They're still a bad team. In a way it was like they cut bait sooner than later and I think it's a great trade for the Bears. It's perfect for them. I think it's a win-win for both teams actually. I I didn't like about it is, yeah, maybe they'll
0: get Bosa using their first round pick, but you're not going to, if this works out as the Bears expect it to, and I mean, I like what the Bears are doing. I know you're not a Trubisky fan, but I think they're doing a great job of surrounding him with talent. That pick's going to be in the teens, and the next pick might be in the 20s as the team progresses. So I just think that you're really. Uh, Here's the one thing
1: I will say there's some pretty damn good teens in that division. And I right. do think the Raiders looked at it and said before the trade, we think they're the fourth worst. We think they're the fourth team in that division. If they thought that, that trade makes a ton of sense. The other thing is what did the Browns do last year? They made the deal with Houston, and then Houston was flying high, and then Deshaun blew a knee out and they didn't win another game. And all of a sudden that pick went from twelve to four. And right. if Trubisky gets hurt, who's to say that can't play itself out, you know. It, it, it's not a lock that the Bears are just going to flip the switch with the new coach and go eight and eight. And if they don't, that picks inside, you know, twelve or fourteen. That's mm-hmm. a ton of value because they're going to be sitting like the Browns. They could end up with the same type of setup that the Browns just had. Right now, That's could they true. not? That's, a good point. That's possible, but they just as easily could. Well, it's always a risk. I mean, you look
0: at what the Patriots did uh, when they traded Garoppolo for a second-round pick. That went from being a pick in the early 30s to what ended up being in the mid-40s because Garoppolo led them on a six-game win streak to end the season. So there's definitely risk involved. And, and of course, now you're paying Mac quarterback money. I mean, we saw Hugh Jackson talk about it on on Hard Knocks. And I always do have some concerns paying a defensive lineman that kind of money. I mean, Aaron Donald got that money as well. Uh, it's concerning, and it did not work out with Ndamukong Suh in, in Miami, but if Mac is a generational player that... And, and and also, I like the idea, and again, everybody says that this is just the Rams 2.0, and to a point I agree with it, is I like that they are building around a quarterback that's on an affordable contract, so at least makes him look better as long as he's able to stay healthy and be effective. So, you know, I still think... I, I mentioned on, on Twitter that I really do think that you could stream defenses. And week one, you can start the the Steelers. I know you're not going to agree with this, Sean, but start the Steelers against the Browns. The the Bears are playing the Packers week one, and then week two you can play the, the the Bears on their defense. I forget who they're playing week two, but it's a solid matchup for them. But I think that the Bears go from a team that's you know not draftable in fantasy to all of a sudden now they are a decent pickup at the end of your draft if you want to take a, you know a, a top ten defense or streaming defense. And then at the same time too. Now if you have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, or Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, you now have to worry about the Bears – Twice a week or twice a season in fantasy, which I think can be somewhat concerning. So, again, not a huge game changer, but something definitely to keep an eye on uh, as you look forward to you know the, the matchups moving forward. Now, what is a huge game changer, Sean, is what's going on, Le'Veon Bell. Explain, tell me what's going on, Le'Veon, right
1: now. Well, we talked this a little bit at, at our State of the Browns here uh, that that we'll post as well. Obviously, the Browns play the Steelers Week One in Cleveland. I think it's a big deal. You know, a lot of people are comparing it to D'Angelo Williams. James Conner's not that type of a runner, not that type of kind of a dynamic playmaker from the running back position. He's more straight ahead. It may work out a little bit better. He's definitely a different look than Le'Veon, but obviously he's not the talent. I think Bell was just fed up. He didn't want 350 touches this year and beat the high hell heading into, you know, 28, 29, and, and in his free agency seasons. Uh, I think... I think this has a chance to last a little bit, and, you know, people are comparing it to Emmitt Smith Oh, since the first two games. It's going to be curious to see what the Steelers do. I don't think they're going to cave, but also then if they don't cave even in the, sl- in the slightest, then I think what Bell and his agent signaled today was the workload is a problem, and the Steelers didn't seem to, have to care about that the last couple years, and I don't think that he could afford to touch the ball 350 times this season. Just because if you list, look historically, Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, that catches up to you, LaDainian Thomason, it catches up to you and it catches up to you abruptly when it does. And you're always one move, one cut, one play away from being on the scrap scrap heap like Adrian Peterson.
0: Right and Demarco Murray, I mean, he's the most recent example of it. In 2014, had a legendary season with the with the Cowboys, and then he really wasn't the same player after that because he had over, I think it was over 450 touches once uh, you include the playoffs as well. So, uh, yeah, I I agree with you that that is a concern for him and his camp. But hey, Le'Veon. Just sign the $70 million contract that Steelers offered you in the first place. Well, that's what frustrates the hell that, out of
1: that's me. An, I agree with that. Hey, the, that was a miscalculation, misplay on their part. The, then again, you don't know what that deal was. $70 is right. one thing. What was the guaranteed? And if the guarantee was, you know, 20s or 30s, then it wasn't that different than what McKinnon signed. And then that that's offensive to him.
0: No, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because it, the the um, negotiations got sour between both parties. I mean, obviously they've been playing this this game for what three years now, and then finally Le'Veon's like, all right, shit or get off the pot. Give me the guaranteed money I want. I think you see Todd Gurley's contract, and that's an example of what Le'Veon thinks he expected. Now. We talked about this at length early on, early on this this preseason, that well Le'Veon's got about a thousand more touches on his body than than um, than Gurley does. He's four years older, and Le'vion also has baggage. You know, we all know his his history. You know, with the puff puff, getting in trouble in that regard. So um, I just think he also has to be realistic here now. Talking about moving forward, if Le'Veon Bell does sit out, which I do think he's going to miss multiple games, and if you drafted him in the first round, you're in trouble. And hopefully, you picked up James Conner. If you didn't, hopefully, you have a solid RB three to, to put into that into that spot. But essentially, your guy is injured for the next three weeks minimum. He's not going to play most likely. So, well, and, and honestly, about with
1: both these guys, I think you got to really always be concerned that they come back. And and I think Cleo Mack, this is in play. You know, a muscle pull injury. I just, in some cases, I, if I'm the Bears, I might even just sit him Week One, and I know it's the Packers, yeah. and but are you a playoff team this year? Like you got to be a little bit like the Mac thing is a longer play, and I'd rather have him for 15 games than to have him dinged up after Game One. Well, and last year we saw we saw Le'Veon Bell start off a little
0: slow. He wasn't the normal guy he was in the first few weeks. And that's after he set out the whole preseason. I don't think he reported until um, really close, I think around this time, you know, right before Labor Day. Um, So he started off slow last year. And if he ends up playing this year, I think that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, in, in uh, last season, he started off, uh, the week one, he had 10 rushes for 32 yards, three catches, 15 yards, and then he had, the next week, 27 rushes for 87 yards, four catches, four yards. It wasn't until week three he finally got a touchdown. It wasn't until week four that he, he got um, a 100-yard-plus game. So um, I think that while he is probably hopefully keeping himself in shape, he definitely will not be ready for game action right away. And even if he reports tomorrow, there's no way they're going to play him. I mean, they they simply can't play him because he's not part of the game plan whatsoever. He doesn't know the packages they're going to run. They have a brand new offense there with with Haley going to the Browns. So um, I think he's – I don't know how this helps him next year. You know, will a stupid team give him a bunch of guaranteed money? Probably, but – this only hurts him. This doesn't help him. And, and I get the injury issue. I get the overworking issue. But I don't think this is a good move by Le'Veon Bell and his camp. So if you're the
1: Niners, you can cut McKinnon basically for free. Yes. Are they a live player next year for him? I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, obviously
0: Jimmy Garoppolo is getting paid a ton, but not a lot of guys on the defensive side are getting paid a lot. They don't. I mean, have everything they wanted
1: McKinnon to do, Bell does all that, and he does it like. No, like some. it goes from a C student to an A student, uh, and then you just pay a little bit more, and the cap's going to go up, so you can make up that difference as it is. I just don't see Kyle
0: Shanahan wasting a ton of money on a running back. He just he... did that for one year though. It was a one-year deal. It was a it was essentially a prove it deal, and and he got McKinnon's getting seven and a half million this year, and. Next year, he's probably going to be cut, or he, they might have played him next year. And then after that, they are probably going to if, restructure if the If would have been as
1: good as they hoped he was going to be, he wasn't getting cut this year. Sure, yeah. sure. They would have no, kicked McKinnon and at least paid another year of it. No, it might have been a two I, or three, but so, to your point. But I I don't know. I I think San Francisco is ripe to struggle a little bit, too. So we'll talk to that probably at other points in the season as it maybe yeah. starts to play out. But they got a tough week one. I know that. Yeah. So, with
0: obviously James Conner is going to slide into the RB1 role in Pittsburgh, but personally I think the guy that benefits the most from this move is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. He's now going to be the number two option in the, in the offense, uh, passing-wise. I mean, before Le'Veon Bell was obviously getting about 10 targets a game, I think those targets are going to go Juju's way, and... He was being drafted as a wide receiver, too, and I didn't agree with the value. I didn't want to take him the fourth, fifth round. But I'm kind of kicking myself now. Obviously, if I knew that Bell wasn't going to report, I would have jumped on
1: Juju. But what do you think uh, Smith-Schuster's outlook is with Le'Veon Bell out? I like like him. I think he was going a little early as he started to kind of creep into the low 40s and even the back end of the 30s in some cases. Um, I know a draft in mine, he went like late third in a 14-teamer. but we always have some crazy shit that happens in, in, in that particular one. That's the Brownstown. Um, yes, I, I like do. him. Actually, I'll give you a different name. I think this may play really well for Vance McDonald. Uh, yeah. I, I think Ben always has a propensity to throw to tight ends. I think Vance, as the season went along, particularly in the playoffs, was getting all the passing targets. I think he's the guy that's potentially in play, as long as he doesn't get a case of what he's always had is the drops. And, and you can lose confidence pretty quick from a guy like – Roethlisberger and and, you know the Brady's of the world they just they have that kind of you only get a couple of those and then you, you start to get on their bad side quickly
0: yeah no I could see that um if Vance McDonald plays, he just practiced for the first time, I think, yesterday. In a, in a few weeks, Jesse James might be on track to start if Vance can't go. But, uh, you know, at the end of the last year, McDonald was a solid player. Uh, he obviously got traded by the Niners last year and um, got to Pittsburgh late. So he's got a full offseason to know the offense. And I think he's a good late-round sleeper, um, streaming, streaming tight end. If you want to pick somebody up off waivers, he's probably available. So... Um, I want to run down, Sean, some of the guys who are on the injury report uh, leading up to week one who are off the injury report. Stop me if there's anything you want to say about any of them, um, but I'm just going to run through them real quick, and uh, then we'll go on to some of the guys that are injured in week one and, and how to mitigate uh, or, or make up for that loss. So uh, players coming off the injury report, we have Saquon Barkley, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed, what else Rex Burke, well he's off the injury report, so we'll that, is new. He'll, he'll, that is no. He's new.
1: gonna clip a toenail and be back on it by tomorrow.
0: Still looking forward to the Monday Night Man Weekly bitching oh, about it's Jordan be Reed, fantastic. so we'll see how that <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh Rex Burkhead off the injury report. Rashad Penny, Doug Baldwin, George Kittle, Delaney Walker, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, Tyler Eifert, Jay Josh Gordon, Evan Ingram. Any comments about any of those? Any guys you're still concerned about? What's the situation with Sony Michelle? So Sony Michelle, pretty sure he's not going to play week one. He just um, got okayed for limited as a limited participant in practice. So
1: I don't see any way that he plays week. So, one. So I know you te- will tease your article here, but who's your Burkhead? You trust him? I do. Um, what about Jeremy? I don't, no, like uh, we're.
0: Well, you know I love Jeremy Hill. Um, I mean, so last season Burke had played pretty much just within the twenties. He was the red zone running back. He had a ton of touchdowns, uh, ton of receptions out of the backfield. He ran the ball in between the tackles. I mean, he pretty much did everything, but he did it in between the twenties. So I still I don't wanna say that it's gonna be the same exact thing because you know, that doesn't seem like Belichick to just do what he did in twenty seventeen, do it all over again. But I do expect Jeremy Hill to have a role on early downs, 10 touches. He might get some goal line work. But in the end, I think the guy who scores the most points, actually is not Rex Burkhead. I think it's James White. With the receiving core being poo-poo in New England, White's going to get a ton of targets out of the backfield. He's a shorthanded receiver. Brady trusts him. Bill and McDaniels trust him. I think he is probably going to be the main beneficiary these four weeks, especially while Edelman's out.
1: Okay. I I think Sonny Michelle probably. Why the hell did you draft him if you're not going to play him? Unless they're just literally saving to the back end. But I don't know. I I still keep coming back. That's such a bizarre pick for for Belichick. He must have had him so high on his board um, to justify it. Because it just. The fact that he's already dinged up with knee, uh, it just. I keep coming back to how head scratching that was, particularly when they had offensive line and, and. and I think back four issues.
0: Yeah, well, I think what we can expect from Sony Michelle, and I've mentioned this a few times, is very similar to what happened with Deion Lewis last year. Lewis was not healthy until midway through the season, and the team didn't trust him to be the 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 closest thing to a bell cow back in New England until I think it was like week six or week seven. And with Michelle missing a ton of practice time, not being fully healthy, I think we're gonna see a very similar um season from him that we saw from Deion Lewis. So, while I you know, I've been drafting him late in rounds, bec- uh, late in drafts just because I do think he is going to have value later on in the year. I just don't think we're going to see it until week 3, week 4 possibly. So, it'll be there, just not yet. I mean, he needs to know the offense, he needs to get Brady's trust, he needs to know the formations, the plays obviously, and and that practice time that he missed is is going to be, you know,
1: huge detriment to his to his uh early season play but I,
0: I think he'll get there eventually so Luke, sure. I, I gotta but take here
1: and, and I it's early in the season and obviously he's gonna be suspended the first two I think Aaron Jones is gonna be an absolute monster this year I I, I I just if you can jump him on him now drafts are pretty much done so you're probably kicking yourself but I, he's he's the guy that just seems to make way way too much sense the zebros love him your brother loves him too the Monday Night man loves
0: him I'm on the other side of the fence there you know I, I actually think Jamal Williams is going to be the, the the three down guy or the two down guy there and I, I still think Ty Montgomery has a third down role I think he also has a really good chance of getting 70 catches in the Green Bay offense so sell me on
1: why Aaron Jones is better than Jamal Williams uh, because whenever they play the numbers speak for themselves and I Aaron Jones is suspended for a reason. He pushes the envelope. He's uh you know all the all the greats are a little bit batshit crazy. Even Ed Reed looks like he would like sleep in a trash can. All these guys, you Ray Lewis, Ray now? like Jesus. you know, we just well, Whoa, Ray killed a guy but, uh, allegedly but involved. I think it was two actually. Um I I just I like that. I like I like my running backs to play a little bit on edge. Willie Green got stabbed. But like he got stabbed <laughs> for being kind of a bitch. Like he he needs to be doing the stabbing, and that was always Willie's problem. He didn't hit the hole hard enough. But I mean, I, that, you're not going to get that you know. type of a take. Uh, but it, it, all in all, I think it's statistically speed burst, dynamic. I just like Aaron Jones mm-hmm. better.
0: Yeah, last year uh, Jones had a couple of me. Uh, Right, right. No, I can see that. I mean, Jamal Williams definitely was not uh, an efficient player last year. I will say this: both guys also played with Brett Hundley, and
1: we we know how that story well, ended last year. Well, that's my year, whole so. thing: is when you put anybody with Rodgers, they got a potential to to blow up. I mean, he made Ty Montgomery into a freaking running back. Right. I just think that both guys. You know, I it's really who do you prefer?
0: And I know it's we're a year into both their careers, and I I don't want to default to this, but I look at where they each got drafted and you know, Aaron Jones was the fifth round pick, Jamal Williams was the fourth round pick at the time. They liked Jamal Williams better. I think they want to give him the first crack of the job. And if he's able to really, uh, take control, you know, have a couple of good games in weeks one and week two, it's going to be hard for Aaron Jones, I think, to, to have a role if, if Jamal Williams starts rolling and keeps on rolling. So, um, you know, I, I hear you. I, 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 Again, it's a coin flip at this point, and, but the problem is is Jamal Williams has the Bears and the Vikings weeks one and two, so we talked about the Bears getting a little bit better with Khalil Mack, now they're going to play the Vikings in week two, Vikings are going to have a very, very good defense this year, so I don't love Jamal Williams'
1: chances against the you Vikings. You know, the thing that's so, so great about the NFL is, and college dabbles in this, but the NFL just out of the gate, they're just great games, and You know, week to week, there's three or four. These Sunday night games are just awesome. I got Monday off. I'm just so excited just to get into this shit. You know, (laughs) that's great.
0: I know. It's. I was like, uh, you know, it was actually a perfect week this week that we had Monday off because it was just one less day we had to worry about until we got. That's right. You know, at least we could distract ourselves on Monday. Wake up a little bit of a hangover, go get an egg and cheese sandwich and a coffee or something, but we didn't have to worry about work on Monday. One last day till football. You know, my wife asked me if I want to go to my in-laws' house on Sunday. My buddies asked me to come over Sunday. To be honest, I want to sit in my basement. I want to have my computer in front of me. I want to have a pizza in front of me, and I just want to see the stats pouring in.
1: That's all I want. Rue to serve me barbecued and grilled meats from all the finest establishments. (laughs) He's already geared up. He's already got it. You know, he's curing the meat. He's got everything just primed and ready, just rearing to go. I'll get an Uber home. It's going to be fantastic. Those are times where I
0: wished I lived in Ohio, for sure. I mean, those moments when I see what Ruth throws on the the big green egg, when he busts out, you and get the, the zebras like, oh, screaming,
1: oh. make a move, and uh, Red oh. Jay and others just talking point pounds.
0: That's all I want. Sometimes it's all I want. There's one time I came out for uh, for your brother's surprise birthday, and uh, we we point pounded on Sunday, just watching fancy football. That's, you know, that's why we need to make this big. We need to make this big so we can all be in the same location. Uh, I don't think you guys ever moved to New Hampshire, so I guess I'd have to move to, to Cleveland. That's not going to The, the, well the, the NEG compound. Create it. <laughs> All right, so uh, a couple more week one injuries that I want to talk about and see the different guys that will take the uh, the, the, the injured players' place in the starting lineup. We mentioned Jarek McKinnon. So now the 49ers have Matt Breida and Alfred Morris. Who's your guy to, and they're both going against the Vikings, who we mentioned is a really tough defense, arguably one of the – probably the best defense this year, especially after signing uh, safety Georgia Loca. Who do you got this week, Matt Breida or Alfred Morris, if you have to play one of them? Oh, if I have to play one of
1: them. Um, if I have to play one of them, I would probably take Breida just for catches. I think San Francisco is in trouble this week against Minnesota. I'll tell you a sneaky guy. I think Kyle Justick could outcatch both of them, though.
0: Oh, the white fullback. You gotta love that. I, guy. Shanahan um, just loves
1: that type of like, and he loves him as a receiver. Always has. Um, he's has those games where he has four, five, six catches. I could see a lot of that Zimmer giving that type of stuff up. Um, you know, come week one. I don't hate that take.
0: Um, you know, I, I agree. It's not gonna be Alfred Morris. he just feel like he's going to have a 17-carry, 55-yard game. Man, I don't know how challenge. he gets
1: 17 carries, though. Right? That team's going to be playing from behind.
0: That's true. No, that, that's a good point. So, I think that really helps boost Brutus's value. Um, Scat back, get him in space. To your point about juice you check, like Do you like any Niner this
1: I mean, I hate all the Niners this week. Oh, no, no. The only actually, one I might on my, on like, pol- actually, is Garcon because he's going against the two-corner because I think Goodwin's going to get Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Tight ends never do well, so I think you got to you got to sit Kittle even though he's back healthy. And I hate the backs, and obviously Jimmy G because production isn't going to be there. I I don't like any of them. Right. So in the play and fade article I released today, Jimmy's my
0: fade this week. I think he's going to have plenty of weeks this year where he does well. But Minnesota one of those teams where you see them on. It's Minnesota, the Rams, Philly
1: defensive line. Pro-
0: Eh, Philly, I'm not too afraid. Chargers, of. They, they let up. The chargers are going to be chargers. Loaded. Okay, yeah, they're they're not one of those teams. I mean, I think it's really the Rams and uh, the Vikings that I say I am benching my studs against these guys. You know, obviously, I'm not going to ever bench Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, but my wide receiver twos, RB twos, I'm definitely considering benching those guys against those defenses because they're they're
1: just scary good. Uh, see, I mean, they're really uh, yeah. Really but here's good. the thing: Saints lit them up, so. I think it's relative. Yep. If you've got the right playmaker, I don't think the Niners have the right playmakers, though. Like, Atlanta, mm-hmm. I, I think Philly's in that mold, too. But Atlanta's got elite playmakers. So you ain't sitting any of those guys, really, because even the Hoopers of the world could have four or five catches just as a result of them trying to take other things away.
0: Right. But I, that I think sense. your point
1: no. is is well taken. If, if you are got a kind of mid-tier offense against these premier defenses, you you got to be – looking at other options if you've got him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of options, Marlon Mack possibly out with a hamstring. So Mack sucks. the I hate, Terrible. But the ghost of Kristen Michael is back, which I don't know how this guy is still in the NFL. He keeps on getting a shot. He was uh, on Dynasty Twitter. Twitter, He was just the love child of Dynasty Twitter for us all two years. I'd never understood it. Um, but Jordan Wilkins and Kristen Michael are the two options uh, to start versus the Bengals this week. If you're in a pinch, you got to start Jordan Wilkins. What are you thinking? Ah.
1: Burfick's out. That's a huge difference for the Bengals. Huge. He's suspended, yeah. right? I think three yeah. games. Surprise, surprise. Um, Wilkins is a solid play. And the question is, is if he actually kind of grabs this and runs with it, I don't know who he's – is he going to relent it? Or is Marlon Mack just going to be the third down back or the kind of – you know the gimmicky guy because they didn't trust Mac last year. You got a new coach now, and if he if he starts to feel comfortable with Wilkins, you know, you, you there's something there. Now, of course, we got him in Dynasty, so I'm going to think more positively with regards to him. <laughs> but the reports have been pretty positive. Okay, yeah.
0: So I, I don't know a ton about Wilkins. Obviously, he's on my radar. Um, uh, I don't need him anywhere, thankfully. Knock on wood, but. Definitely a player that uh, you know, I'll look to on the waiver wire if any of my guys get bit with the injury bug this week. Uh, if they do get bit with the injury bug and Wilkins is the guy, I'll be sure, obviously, to, to put that in the waiver wire slash trade target article that comes out every Monday over at Glory, uh, so, um Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker out with a broken finger. Not that I was relying on him much this year anyways. But do you like Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, Mike Jasicki? Who, who's the guy to own and, and start? In, in my I, I like
1: Stills from a touchdown. I like Amendola, Amendola for volume. I actually like both those guys. You're probably wide receiver four, maybe even a five in both those cases. You know, if you've got a, a, a Garcon, um, even a good one, Stills or Amendola might be better starts with them this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Amendol is a guy that I've been trying to draft in later rounds. I got him in our draft late, and I was pretty happy with it. Obviously, Jarvis Landry leaves 150 or so targets in Miami. Somebody's got to fill that void. Amendol has been a slot receiver his whole career, but you know, you know how he, his game is. You got to keep him in bubble wrap. No guarantee he's going to stay healthy, but use him while you can. Week one, I like Amendol a lot this week in PPR league, so um, I might be rolling him out. Especially in our league against you, Sean, because I got Jordy Nelson going against the Rams, and again, I'm petrified of having my receivers against a team with um, uh, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib being coached by the uh, by Wade Phillips. It's not a good good look for for my defense or for my offensive players. So um, we'll see which way I go with that. Still going to decide that there'll be a game time decision. But what will not be a game time decision is a league I have Adrian Peterson as my RB3 and I plan on starting him the flex position. He's been named the starter. What to expect from Adrian Peterson? Tell me is he going to be the the guy who had 30 rushes for 150 yards last year for the for the uh, Cardinals or is he going to be a guy that had 8 rushes for 20 yards for the Saints? Uh,
1: I think Adrian Peterson still got an, a lot left. I I think Gruden's going to find a way to, to utilize him big time. I think when they sh- when he showed up he kind of popped to them and wowed him a little bit, and I think you pair him with the Chris Thompson, and, and and they can he can work with that. You um, Gruden came out and basically said like it's so tempting for him to want to play Thompson all the time. He knows he's got to have him on pitch count. I think Washington is a sneaky team, uh, just because that division. I think the Eagles are going to regress a little bit. Um, I don't think the Giants are good, even though everybody keeps hyping them. They got skill position guys, mm-hmm. but. I don't see them winning in the trenches and Dallas is just kind of in the same spot as Washington, but I just, I feel pretty confident that Washington's has a chance to be a nine and seven type team, maybe a 10 and six. And I think AP is going to be a reason for that. I, I thought he looked great in some of the runs. He gets the corner, gets the edge. He's still strong as an ox. Um, not going to catch the ball a lot, but he's going to have a role in first and second down and they're going to move the ball. Going to get the red zones. Alex Smith gets twenty to twenty. AP can be that be that guy, type of guy that a little of the Laguerre Blunt type, different type, but as far as stats wise, you know, can be that guy that just pounds it and finds the end zone a lot.
0: No, I, I agree with that take. Um, he definitely surprised not only myself, obviously Gruden. Uh, I think most of the fantasy football world. Nobody expected, especially because. I mean, he's on the trash heap forever. It took until Darius Geis uh, torn ACL for him to finally get a phone call, and we saw in that preseason game he averaged like four and a half yards a carry. We saw what he still has, and it shocks me that you know a team like the Patriots, who are thin at running back, well, why wouldn't I, they look? The, to the a team player that, like that is
1: the most appalling, to be honest. I don't know who the hell is the running back of the Houston Texans other than Lamar Miller. Like that mm. that team. The Monday Night Man and I were talking. Matt Days could get cut, and he could be the number two there. He, like, and <laughs> I don't think they picked Alfred Blue. Yeah, Alfred Blue. I mean, like, we've seen these guys. Like, what, what's in the water there? They keep these running backs. Like, how Adrian Peterson can get a run down there is mind-boggling. Could have came in well, somewhere. I have he, to. He's perfect for Watson. Like he'd run in boxes with six and seven guys. Like. We see what we see in Washington. I think they're going to be kicking themselves as the season plays out, to be honest with you.
0: I have to assume that he went. He wanted to go to a situation where he was going to get 15 no, carries I, a game. No,
1: no, no. I, I don't think Adrian Peterson was, was, was being selective, to be honest. He wasn't getting into work out anywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's true. That's true. I, I think maybe, though – You know, he he maybe he was turned down interviews or turned down workouts because, again, this is just me. This is a theoretical take. I don't know. Um, I I guess because he did show a lot last year. He had, I think it was a 150 yard
1: game for the Cardinals. Adrian Peterson is better than Isaiah Crowell.
0: (laughs) that's a take. Uh, I I mean,
1: he's better than CJ Anderson. But,
0: oh, whoa. Hey, hey, he uh, is. Hey. What, bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Um, well, but here's the thing, though. Who can last the whole season, C.J. Anderson or Adrian Peterson? I'm, I'm not sold that AP is going to be able to hold up over a 16-game season. I just think Yeah, yeah you know why? Because hits. you want
1: to give him the ball, so you give him the ball more.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I guess, you know, rat it till the wheels fall off, I guess, right?
1: It's the truth.
0: <laughs> all right, so all right, let's talk week one before we wrap this up. Who do you like week one? Give me give me a name that you think is going to out, outperform the projections. A player that you think will you know maybe finish in the top five in his position that people are saying will be top ten, top fifteen. Who, who right, do you like? For
1: quarterback. I, you know, I, one's playing on Monday night. I think Jared Goff, particularly with the Cleo Mack news, is just licking his chops. McVeigh as well. They, mm-hmm. They're going to absolutely light it up. I don't know how the hell the Raiders are stopping anybody. Deshaun Watson's yeah. the other oh, I, one on I like Sunday. That. I love him against the Pats. They struggled last year. If he's back and remotely healthy with the weapons they have, watch out for Deshaun. I can tell you exactly how that Patriots game
0: is going to go. They're going to frustrate the hell out of me. They're going to make Deshaun Watson look like, you know, Randall Cunningham in his prime, just putting up huge numbers. And But somehow, it's a bend-don't-break defense. Somehow, someway, they'll eke out a win. Last time they played the Texans was because Londonderry faithful uh, Ryan Griffin dropped the ball. I think that would have been uh, got them the first down, the, the Texans that is, and that's the reason why the Pats won. It wasn't anything they did, it's something that the Texans did. Uh, that's really been the story of the Patriots for the past three, four years. Will that luck run out? Maybe. Um, but I see that happening with the Texans, but leading up to that you know, ending of the game, which I think is going to happen, I agree with you though. I think that Watson's gonna have a big game, I think. You know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller's got an opportunity, and I know you just dogged a Lamar Miller, but he scored six touchdowns when or four touchdowns. Oh no, and he's was gonna have numbers. Just he'll have yeah, a game. I'll he'll agree. have a game. So, yeah, that's what he does. Um, so, so I think that yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a high scoring game. Uh, the Patriots will find a way to score as well. But um, speaking of that, I like Chris Hogan this week just because who are they gonna throw to? Obviously, the pass got Gronk. But they got Philip Dorsett, Hogan, Cordero Patterson. I mentioned James White, Rex Burkhead. I mean, they don't have a true number one outside of Gronk to step up and and play the role of possession receiver. And Hogan has flashed at times, so I really like Hogan this week against the Texans, even though you know Houston has a pretty solid defense. But the other receiver I like this week, and it goes along with with your your um, your quarterback Jared Goff. I like Brandon Cooks against Oakland. You know, Oakland D, this is going to be probably one of the worst defenses we've seen in Oakland for a while. And they have been a long-running joke in our in our crew for just being a sad,
1: sad defense. And it's going to continue. I like Brandon Cooks as well. Keenan week. Allen, I absolutely uh, a, love the receiver position. I think he's got monster week. The Chiefs play a ton of man without Marcus Peters now. They're going to have to probably switch that up. I, Mike Williams is another. I think the Chargers are, are in a prime spot there. Um, so that's that's a guy on kind of the receiving end that I like. A running back, it's not a surprise. He's he's a top five running back. Kamara, I think, is going to have a monster football game uh, against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, they could get up so early with Fitzpatrick. It, you know, the possibility of giving it away that you could see a little playback. I think Peyton Barber's a play actually for some some kind of third quarter, fourth quarter point pounds late, Um, you know, if if Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick gets into a little bit of drop dump-off mode or they get up and, and, you know, are comfortable trying to just get, you know, give things up underneath to to barber the Saints' defense, that'd be. Um, So those are a couple guys from a running back position uh, in addition to the Keenan Allen that I had.
0: Royce Freeman could be a a good play against 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 Seattle.
1: Jets possibly too. (laughs)
0: I'm not sold on Johnson yet, but I am sold on Freeman because you know before I was I was urging people to to be cautious with Freeman. I knew that eventually he would take over the role for Devontae Booker, but I thought it was going to take until week three or four, and I didn't want our listeners to use a third round pick on him just because if you're not going to get you know 20 touches from your third round pick, it's pretty much a waste. But it looks like that you know Vance Joseph named Devontae Booker the starting running back, so. He's he's ready to go, and Seattle defense is. You know, we talked about Earl Thomas at the beginning. That defense is just a shell of its former self. They're not good anymore. They've been they weren't drafted in our league. You dropped them in Dynasty. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, the writing's on the wall for that defense. It's going to be a long season. Uh, I expect a, a ton of come from behind um, attempts from from Russell Wilson, and I think that that offense is going to produce a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, n- not pretty on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but tight end, guy what, like
1: Jack Doyle, I think with luck back, I think he's going to try and get it out to the safety valve, get the ball in his hands. I think he's going to play a little bit of the Urch role from uh, Reich's system. So I think that's mm-hmm. something to kind of be mindful of. Um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, a couple guys to fade. I, I think there's some tight ends that, you know, the bigger name guys, that could get kind of shut down in week one based off of some of their matchups. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big Rudolph fan as it is, but I don't like the San Francisco matchup. Um, you know, Kelsey against the Chargers, Derwin James possibly matching up. Uh, some of these, you know, aren't 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 kind of the best alignments. I think Evan Ingram against the Jaguars is a little problematic. Um, so I think you know something to watch there is is early on Ertz against Atlanta. Um, the, the, some of these teams have some good matchup. Guys, against you know these these more notable consistent tight ends, that you have to wonder if they're going to get the production that you'd maybe typically expect them to get. I agree totally on
0: the Jack Doyle pick, uh, as well as the Evan Ingram with Doyle. I, I just think that they're not going to take a ton of risks with Andrew Luck. He's obviously being eased back into the starting role. Uh, get it to the ball to your security blanket. Get it to the guy that you know is going to catch it for you, and that's Jack Doyle um, with Ingram. You and I have both talked about how he just produced last year because through default. I mean, they had nobody else catching the ball there. His catch rates is, is horrendous. And now he's playing the Jaguars, who they're the third team, the third defense where I look at it and say, I do not want my stud to play against this guy. Um, but you know who I do like? And I don't know if he's 100% healthy. He's got a core muscle issue right now. But Austin, Safarian, Jenkins. I pretty much punted the tight end position and took him in like the third to last round or something. But with Marquise Lee getting hurt, I think Safarian Jenkins is a solid option at just the intermediate routes. Hundred uh, percent agree. He yeah. should he he should be peppered with targets. You know, Bortles isn't a downfield guy. Um, you know they're going to play close to the line of scrimmage with Leonard Fournette and Safarian Jenkins, so they're playing the Giants. Giants really struggled last year against tight ends. He's got a real opportunity to to, to be a top ten tight end this week. So he's on one of my plays this this week. Uh, Ingram's on my fade. Uh, Doyle's on my play as well, and I think one more guy too. And you know we'll see how it works out. Somehow he keeps on beating father time, but Ben Watson yeah, yeah. in New Orleans he's playing. He's to, got two touchdowns. Cut. Like
1: he he's the one that robs like all your guys, and and he becomes the waiver wire pickup um, written all yep. over him. And then by week four, you're like, why do I have a 37 year old <laughs> on my
0: roster? Yeah, he still has he still has uh, Patriot team records for um, for you know the lifts like the the max bench press and squat and all that. The guy's a physical freak and. I'll never forget when you ran down champ Bailey in the end zone they should have called it a touchback to the Patriots but whatever it's a different story for a different yeah. day um so anyways want to wrap this up you know week one any other thoughts what are you looking forward to what are you uh football you football not football of? let's get there it going
1: go. uh fantasy point pounds uh bets parlays money lines maybe a teaser here or there <laughs> Let's get crazy. Let's get it going. I got Monday off already, and uh, I'll be Let's celebrating go. about Browns victory hot take. Okay, hot
0: take there. All right, so hey, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for us at Neverending Glory Podcast. Send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us any starter sit questions you might have, trade advice. We're happy to talk about them. Uh, go over to negpodcast.com, releasing a new piece of content. Pretty much every day. Again, Fade and Play, guys that we like, guys we don't like, Thrive Fantasy. Check them out uh, in the App Store. We'll have our favorite plays from there. Again, Thrive Fantasy, you're betting props. You're not necessarily betting fantasy stats. Different way to look at fantasy football. Uh, waiver wire trade targets coming out on Monday. And then of course, NFL and pick pickem, Follow the NCA pickem guys at NEG pod CFB and of course our baseball guys at NEG pod MLB. It's just the beginning of a ton of content. And we here got a gambling learning podcast. Out, right? We do. We do. Yeah, it's at some point. Uh we'll see how that plays out, but uh Our boy uh, at Bankers Love Naps is supposed to be putting that out each week. So we'll see how that turns out. So, uh, anyways, Sean, good luck with all your bets. Um, You know, obviously, I won't say uh, Godspeed making it to work on Monday because I'm sure you'll be sleeping in. But uh, enjoy Sunday. Enjoy the weekend. And next week, we'll be talking to you guys, recapping the week one of the fantasy football season. And then looking forward to week two. We'll talk to you guys next week.